How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Locked on Bucks presented by brewhoop.com. Frank Madden back with you, starting off a week that will feature actual, real, quote-unquote, NBA basketball. I'm joined by Eric Name. Eric, how you doing? I was going to say that might be a little bit aggressive to call this actual uh, <laughs> basketball, but in theory, I agree uh, that there will be actual NBA sort of basketball to watch, and that is an exciting thing. Yes, uh, I mean it's a spectrum, right? You know, yes. I, I don't know. I, I I feel like the open. I don't know how the open scrimmage compares to summer league uh those are are pretty far from from real nba basketball but preseason basketball is the closest we're going to get before uh, before the real thing starts on october 26th in milwaukee so uh in a span of 24 hours we're we're going to go from the sunday scrimmage which we both had a chance to to watch um the recording of uh as well as on monday night the actual preseason opener featuring the Bulls going south to take on uh, their old friends, the Chicago Bulls. Um, why don't we start, we'll, we'll get into, you know, kind of maybe some some talking points, which are going to be very loose, I would say, for <laughs> the previewing uh, the, the Bulls-Bucks game. But um, I thought it'd be interesting, obviously, to talk a little bit about what we saw on Sunday in uh, the BMO Harris-Bradley Center. Um, I think probably we start off with a, disclaimer that uh in the grand scheme of you know games that don't count and don't mean anything the open scrimmage is very high on that list (laughs) considering uh guys are kind of going you know i don't know three-quarter speed or three-quarter intensity something something like that which is probably for the best um you know not a lot of hard fouls and free throws uh being taken in a game like this um but I'll start. I mean, probably the the only real disappointing thing for me was Thon Maker still having uh, enough of a wrist injury that he wasn't able to participate at all. Um, we'll see if he's able to play on Monday night, but you know, wouldn't be surprising at all if he if he sat that one out as well. Um, Bucks then have a not a full week off, but but then don't play again until the uh, the eighth, so they'll have plenty of time to get him rested up. But um, other than Thon, he went through the walkthrough, sort of the drills beforehand. He had his uh, right wrist bandaged up and dunked left-handed a couple times uh, in sort of the the full court, you know, weave whatever they were doing. Um, Eric, what were your? I don't know. I mean, again. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Did anything kind of jump out at you from from what you saw on Sunday? Um, you know, I think people can check out the uh, the story I wrote, kind of recapping it um, to see what, what the teams were and what kind of general observations were. But anything that kind of jumped out at you? Um, I really wish I could remember last year's um, open scrimmage, whatever you want to call this, um, because. I feel like I remember Jabari taking some threes in that. Yes, um, he hit two out of three, I believe. And everyone collectively losing their minds and saying, oh man, this is going to be so awesome. Jabari's going to be shooting threes this year. Bucks are going to take off uh, 
some of the limitations they've given him, and it's just it's going to be amazing. And well, he he didn't end up doing that. And part of me wonders is obviously I think one of the bigger takeaways is Giannis taking some pull up threes. Like it, they weren't just catch and shoot threes; it was pull up threes in transition and. Uh, and Jabari taking a bunch of threes, and you want to believe that, oh man, this is the way that they're actually going to play, And but it could just be, well, they're playing a pickup game, so you can do pretty much whatever you want. There's there's coaches around, but no one's really going hard, and you're just kind of out there playing basketball. So I want that to be a major takeaway, and I want it in like a month to be like, oh wow, what we saw in in that pickup game was actually how they're playing this year. But I feel um, not super optimistic uh, that that'll actually be the way they play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Giannis confidently taking threes is a cool thing to see. Yeah, there was that one sequence uh, where Jabari kind of hit a, a corner three off some ball movement, and then Giannis came right back, you know, five seconds later and just pulled up from maybe a foot or two behind the line, actually, I want to say, straight away, yeah. and, uh, and buried another three. So that was, that was pretty much the best 10 seconds of, uh, of the open scrimmage. Um, and he, he hit another one from the wing, kind of that was like a wide open one, where I think it was him and maybe Novak kind of you know, passed back and forth, yeah. and, and Giannis was wide open, he hit it. And then he had another one, which was kind of like a weird like, pull-up from the wing that was like way short, barely got iron later. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't remember him shooting any others, um, I'm trying to think. Jabari may have taken one other one that he missed, but you're right. Last year, uh, I I definitely recall. I remember because I was at my uh, five year business school reunion, and I was in this really crappy motel room um, one afternoon on Sunday before I left, while watching uh, watching the highlights of the the scrimmage. And um, and I think it was a, I think it was Saturday last year because this year it worked out with uh, the Packers having a bye, which was probably about the the best case scenario for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually remember seeing Jabari hit, I think it was two out of three and I absolutely was thinking like, oh wow, Jabari is not bashful from three. This is going to be great. You know, he's going to be kind of limited physically for a little bit maybe, but maybe he's going to, you know, add the, maybe he's going to be more of a jump shooter, uh, to start off. And then of course the, basically the complete opposite was, was true. <laughs> so, uh, tread, tread with caution, but, uh, yeah, Jabari and Giannis, I mean, they were, they were fine. I think, um, I think my, my main observation to them was certainly the ball going through Giannis offensively for the most part, you know, like we saw last year um, and not having that much trouble kind of getting, you know, sort of past that first level of the defense sort of towards like the elbows, making a lot of, um, you know, you could tell, I mean, it's a, you know, again, it's a pickup game. He's, he's not necessarily looking for a shot that much. He was looking to pass. Uh, and Jabari actually doing some of that, some of the same. And we've talked about Jabari's playmaking and the importance of that, uh, potentially becoming more of a thing this year, uh, with Chris Middleton gone for who knows how long, six months, potentially the whole season. Uh, we've got a post coming up this week from, from Adam Paris on Jabari's playmaking and kind of what that looked like last year. And, and I think that's provide some really good context for what we might see this coming season. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jabari, not like, not like he was, you know, it's not like he was threatening 10 assists or something like that today, but, um, you know, he was kind of doing similar stuff Take you know, one, maybe two dribbles, um, kick it out and then keep the ball moving. Um, and I thought that was, you know, maybe 
who knows? We'll see. Again, not that <laughs> I learned my lesson last year. Yeah. Not to jump the gun on it, but he was also playing without Giannis, right? He was on the other team. So uh maybe a little bit different role, but but we'll definitely be interested to see if uh if Jabari can can show those types of, you know, continue to being a quick decision maker, but um in making plays for others in addition to, you know, obviously kind of getting to the rack and, and getting his own buckets. Um any other thoughts on those guys or um, I don't know if I have anything else on those guys. Uh, it's just going to be interesting. I, I wouldn't say Jabari is super comfortable in a playmaking role, I don't think. And yeah, I think you can kind of see he's trying to figure out how to pass and not figure figure out, oh, I should pass the ball, but where to put a bounce pass or where to throw a lob or kind of how to do those different things. So um, I think that it's, it's just going to be very interesting to watch his development as a playmaker this year because I, as a Bucks fan, we've we've really done it the last two years where we've seen just, just tiny little indications that Giannis might be a really good playmaker in his rookie year where every once in a while he'd make a pass that just pops and you think, oh, wow, that was really impressive. And then him developing into a more of a playmaker and now playing point guard and the same thing with Chris Middleton where you kind of saw him just as a three and D guy. And then he grew. And then last year in January, they were pretty much running their offense through Chris Middleton. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch those same steps for Jabari and see how he develops and how he gets better at those things. Um, So that, that's going to be really interesting to me. And I, I've been saying it, but if I, I think the big thing for me with Giannis was to continue to see him bring the ball up all the time, was to see him be the guy that they were looking for on outlet passes, and no one else really calls for it. Uh, He played with Deli, and there was never a time where both Deli and Giannis were sitting there waiting for an outlet pass, so Deli knew his role. (laughs) This isn't your team, bud. This is Giannis' team. And I think that was very comforting to me as well, that... Uh, there isn't really any confusion about whose team this is, um, so that that was that was good to see. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned you know about Giannis versus Jabari as playmakers, and it, some of it I think really goes to the the differences in them as far as their physical gifts, and they both have physical gifts that are pretty different. I would say, even though they you know we mentioned they're two guys who dunk a ton. Um, so the kind of end result is often similar maybe, but, um, Jabari, a guy who is, I think of Jabari as much more of, you know, a, a quick first step, uh, you know, stutter step, change of direction type guy. And I think, you know, given that he's not, you know, he's not a guy who grew up playing the point or doing anything like that per se. Um, you kind of want to put him in spots where he, he's, making quick quick judgments and going off that, you know, like catching the ball at the elbow and then getting a screen from Plumlee and then, you know, throwing a, a quick lob rather than being yeah. 30 feet from the basket and having to survey an entire defense. You know, you almost want to kind of put him in more confined sort of situations where the reads are a little simpler maybe. Yeah, um, definitely. And he can kind of just use his, maybe use his instincts more where um, Giannis, because, you know, Giannis, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say Giannis has like a great first step, but just, his steps are so long, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like when he's 25, 30 feet from the basket and you give him that chance to sort of get his momentum going, give him a screen, 
uh, you know, he'll he'll beat anybody in a in a triple jump, uh, and so it's it's almost just a matter of like getting getting his momentum going, um, and and letting him kind of work from there. And obviously his his vision and, and ability to see the whole court, especially from his height, is is something special. So, okay, let's close the book on those guys. We'll talk about them ad nauseum all season. Um, no no huge I think takeaways there. Um, Obviously, the question with the well, I guess there are two positions with big question marks. There's the center spot, you know, the Plumlee versus Monroe thing. Monroe actually was on Giannis's team today. Plumlee was on Jabari's team. John Henson was uh, was not starting among the ten because uh, he's the third string center. Even though they 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 of course introduced him as a forward, which isn't fooling any <laughs> of us. Um, but uh, but the guard situation is interesting. So we've talked. Delhi is a no brainer to start. He's like the one guy who has to be a stone cold lock. Um, you know, he was fine today. He missed his first couple jump shots, but you know, whatever. He kind of figured it out a little bit. As I've figured out today that I'm absolutely one hundred percent gonna love watching Matthew Delvadova play basketball. <laughs> like there, there's just no doubt in my mind that he does. He just I'm going to use every white guy cliche here, but he just plays the game the right way, and he's always working hard. Hashtag grit. Yeah, like, and it, it just is. He's a very enjoyable player for me to watch play. Like, he had a little like in-between floater today uh, where he went glass on one, and it was just like, man, that's just a really nice basketball play. And was that a lefty one too? I, I think, I think he may have had like a lefty I, float or I'm something. I'm pretty like sure. That. Yeah. I think it was, and it was just like, yeah, wow, that is so much different than any floater I've ever seen Michael Carter Williams shoot. And again, not to disparage Michael Carter Williams, but they're just two very different basketball players. Um, so it, it was just it was interesting to watch, and I kind of in the back of my mind thought I was gonna really enjoy the Matthew Delvadova experience, and again. Just a pickup game, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to. Yeah, MCW looked looked pretty solid too. I mean, he had a. Yeah. He, they both had had their floater games working today. Um, MCW also had a three, uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, there was also um, there was he, he, there was another three. We don't need to that talk was about not that so one. much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there were. I mean, I think Toledovich airballed at least one. There there were a lot of rough edges. Uh, second half, I think stuff stuff started to look a little bit better, but. Uh, the other guards, I think Rashad Vaughn and Malcolm Brogdon are kind of the two most interesting guys maybe to watch. I think we kind of know what we're going to get from Del Vadova. Obviously, he's been around a long time, or relatively speaking. Uh, we, we know about his game a little bit. MCW, obviously, we, we know a little bit about. Uh, Vaughn started with Giannis, Del Vadova, Toledovich, and Monroe. Um, didn't score until in the third quarter, and in, again, we should note it was basically a hockey game. They played three periods. It had been an hour and a kid called uncle and said, all right, that's enough. Um, but Vaughn had like a tip in, didn't make a jump shot. I don't know. It was just kind of like standard anonymous Rashad Vaughn type stuff. I thought today. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, on the one hand it's like, okay, well I'm not going to overreact to that. But I mean, if that's what he's going to be, then he's not going to be starting for very long, if at all. Uh, so it was interesting. I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon, you know, blew anybody away, but I think he just generally looks a bit more engaged. He had a nice cut for and a finish. He had a step back jumper that you know wasn't pretty, but went in. Um, 
I think he may have badly missed a three at one point. I, I, I'm not sure if it was him or somebody else, but um, he, he, you know, I think is maybe. I'm I'm very curious. Let's say this. I I would guess that Rashad Vaughn starts in Chicago just because he's he was the starter to start camp, and kid maybe just won't want to see him with that group. But um, I I'm not you know again not to you know I'm not saying this just because of today obviously, but I can't help but not be <laughs> bullish on Rashad Vaughn's uh, long term likelihood of starting when it comes to to looking ahead four weeks to october 26 but i don't know any any thoughts on on those guys or any of the other guards that you saw out there today that's fascinating um i just don't uh, jason Kidd doesn't seem like the type of person i mean he started johnny o'brien for how many games and johnny o'brien was essentially useless and uh i don't know it, it's just strange that you would think that you think he'd so willingly turn on that, because um, I, I just I just don't see it again. And it's not that Rashad Vaughn did anything to impress me today. It just doesn't seem like that would be a Jason Kidd move. Like unless it would be for Jet. Like I just can't imagine Malcolm Brogdon taking Rashad Vaughn's place to start the season. Why not? What what what? I mean, don't you have to play well to be to be the starter? I mean, Johnny I mean, O'Brien I mean, started. I mean, Johnny O'Brien. Let's say so. Johnny O'Brien started 19 games the last two seasons. He started four games last year. Yes. Um, obviously, he was playing. You know, he, his positions were redundant with Giannis and Jabari, so he wasn't going to start much last year. Um, but I mean, at some point, Jason Kidd has to be stupid if he keeps starting a player who doesn't defend and doesn't make shots, right? Yeah, sure. I I don't know. It's just again, I guess it's kind of me being. Uh, extra cautious on wanting to give a second rounder minutes. And again, it can happen and like, that's fine. But I just, man, I think I, when I watch Malcolm Brogdon play, I think, okay, he's fine. But I don't see anything. He's, he seems as pedestrian as Rashad Vaughn. Like he's just there. And I don't know. I would think, for him to bury a first rounder, um, that he would have to have someone there that he thought was really good. Because I, I feel like the sole purpose of whoever starts at shooting guard is to play the minutes to get to Jet. And I think he wants to continue to bring Jet off the bench, and Jet might end up playing more than whoever starts. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't know. The shooting guard position is just strange. Uh, now that Middleton's out, but I don't really, I don't get what they would be looking for or what would determine minutes because I think no matter what, it's probably not going to be very good. And I, I just don't think I don't think Jason Terry's going to start, but I think he'll play a bunch of minutes. So that shooting guard will just kind of be a place filler. Like that, that's going to be a job start every time at <laughs> shooting guard. It just is. Um, but I mean, maybe I'm reading the the situation wrong, but that. That's the read I have right now. Yeah, and it's not to say, I mean, again, I, I'm not convinced of, of Malcolm Brogdon. I think, uh, you know, Adam Paris wrote a fair bit about Rashad Vaughn's defense. And, you know, we haven't seen Brogdon defend at a high level in the NBA because he hasn't played an NBA game yet. Um, on paper, you'd certainly expect Brogdon to be a better defender <clears throat> than Vaughn. Um, but I also don't know if Brogdon can hit a jump shot um, from beyond the NBA three-point arc and realistically um i mean i think that's the reason why i i don't see the thing is with terry i i don't know if uh, 
I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Terry being a starter if you know these other guys can't hit a jump shot, right? Um, yeah. I think I think with that starting group, I I would be very biased towards towards making that fifth guy be a jump shooter, just because there are going to be so few opportunities for that guy to you know make plays with the ball in in ways other than by shooting jump shots that when exactly. he's open. So um, so I, I wouldn't have a problem starting Jason Terry and. I'm guessing, you know, I could see Kid maybe preferring to use him off the bench um, in that kind of like, you know, not necessarily six man, eighth man, whatever he is, um, but trying to get some maybe some consistency with with Jet as a bench guy. That's certainly possible. Uh, I think with Vaughn, it just strikes me. We talked about this last week. I just think it seems like the Vaughn starting thing is my guess is that this might be the way. Jason Kidd feels like he can throw him a bone to see if he can get him to respond. And, you know, maybe he's not a tough love type guy uh, and he wants to give Vaughn a chance. And I mean, you look, I mean, Vaughn also has this perception. I don't know if it's fair or not of being a guy that Kidd wanted um, in the draft a year ago. And so I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you what happened behind closed doors. Um Obviously, we've talked about the fact that Rashad Vaughn played a lot of minutes for a guy who didn't contribute anything last year. Um, and part of that was, again, just because they were, you know, in head injuries and things like that. But, you know, it certainly wasn't a, a matter of uh, Rashad Vaughn going out and earning his thousand minutes last year. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, ultimately, like, you want him to obviously be a better defender. But the other thing is just make some jump shots. And, yeah. you know, he's never done that with any real consistency in the year plus that we've seen him uh, other than really the first couple of games of preseason a year ago, he had, you know, I think we mentioned last week, he had 20 points in, in 35 minutes in his first yeah. exhibition game as a rookie. So uh, we know not to make too much of, of preseason, but I guess it will be very interesting to see if, if he can dig himself out of the hole that he's been in and just make some shots, hit 35% of your threes. If he does that, you know, that's, that's something. With 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 how little is except expected of the shooting guard spot right now, that would be something. Yeah, and and I guess trying to logically explain why I think he would remain the starter is difficult because there seems to be so little logic in playing him as much as he did. Or you know what I mean? Like last year, he played yeah. a thousand minutes and he was bad, very bad in all of those minutes. So for me to say that it's just a gut feeling that. Okay, I think they're going to give him a chance, and I think he's going to be the starter to start the season. And for why, I I can't explain why. Like, why did he play a thousand minutes last year? It, it, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. And like you said, like maybe that's partly because he's a kid guy, um, or he's been labeled as a kid guy, and maybe Jason wants to give him a chance, or I don't know. It, it's strange. Rashad Vaughn getting minutes, getting opportunities is just a strange, just a strange thing. Well, and the other thing too, I I mean, I think I imagine we've seen it mainly with second round picks uh, and the relatively short leash that they've had in Milwaukee over the years. Uh, But I mean, look, you know, I think the Bucks trading away Tyler Ennis was a statement about them not really seeing him from the year that they had him feeling like, you know what, this kid's okay, good, good kid. We don't see him becoming anything special. Um, 
we saw obviously Joe Alexander was like the fastest cut bait in the history of lottery picks, basically, when the Bucks didn't pick up his third year option going into his second year, which was basically unheard of at the time. Yeah. And there was obviously off court stuff behind that, not just on court, because on court he was, you know, po- you know, below average, but he was not historically terrible like some of the other guys we've seen come come through through the years statistically. Uh so it's interesting too. I mean, this could also be a way of basically sort of putting the ball in Vaughn's court and just saying, hey, you know, we should be patient with you, but, you know, we, we, we year after year, we, you know, the next two years, we have to make a decision whether we want to pick up your third and fourth year options. Yeah. And uh, we'd want to see that you're actually making progress and you can become a real player for us because, you know, go ask Damien Inglis, go ask Johnny O'Brien, um, you know, Nate Walters, the list goes on. The Bucks have had lots of young guys come through and, you know, have there maybe even some moments in Walter's case. And, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of nostalgia in, in uh, you know, in, in the Bucks' decision-making when it comes to these guys. So um, so that might be a reason that he's going to, I think, you know, again, as we kind of look towards Monday night's game in Chicago, I, I would guess Vaughn will start. And I think part of this is, you know, sort of putting Vaughn under the microscope and saying, okay, you know what, we're going to put you with the starters. We're going to, you know, take away the excuses. You're not playing with a bunch of scrubs. You're You're playing with the guys. Yeah. Go out and make shots, play defense, show us that you're you're improving. And if you don't, um, you know, then his future in Milwaukee may not be, you know, terribly long, despite the fact that everyone's obviously going to talk about him being super young and, you know, patience, blah, blah, blah. Um, OK, well, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think I'm sure Vaughn, Brogdon, Jet, I'm sure all those guys are going to play a fair, fair number of minutes in the preseason. But it will be interesting to see how kid views um you know, that group and, and, you know, is Vaughn's defense along with Jabari's, for instance, like, is that going to be too problematic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we'll hopefully get, get some feel for that. Um, any other thoughts on the, the open scrimmage? Um, I don't know if there's, uh, yeah, that was worth, worth discussing. I mean, it's not worth discussing, but it's worth stating. (laughs) Michael Beasley is exactly who Michael Beasley is. Is. Like, I, I don't I I would love to see a boxer because I cannot imagine how many shots he put up. Uh, that dude just jacks, man. He just chucks them, uh, which again has certainly been his mo since being in the league. But good God, I, I don't know if I've had a extended viewing of a Michael Beasley game in in a pretty good while, and man, he gets them up. Yeah, and and on Sunday, I don't know what his I don't know what his shooting line was, but it wasn't good. No, um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was okay. That was something. Um, <laughs> and it was funny uh, looking ahead uh, to the preseason. I brought up the preseason stats from a year ago because we were kind of discussing before we went on, uh, and you mentioned that didn't Chris Copeland play a bunch of minutes and. Uh, he was fourth on the team with 24.3 minutes per game. Actually, no, wait a minute. He was, he was second, second on the team, 24.3 minutes per game for Chris Copeland last year. So somebody has to take the minutes in the preseason, uh, a year ago, Giannis led, led the way with 25. Uh, but, but yeah, not, there could be some weird rotations. So don't read too much into whatever rotations we see tomorrow night or, or over the next few weeks. Seriously, and it sticks out to me because, I mean, I've had bad takes before, uh, but, man, I was convinced at the end of the preseason that Chris Copeland was a rotation guy in Milwaukee. 
convinced of it. Not because he was a good defender or figured out anything defensively, but just because he got he would get open from the three point line and he'd chuck him up there. And I thought that was a thing that would help out the Bucks. So yeah, don't read too much into anything. So I I know as we're previewing this, you'd probably think, oh, are they going to talk about the starting lineups or how the Delavadova and MCW relationship worked and how Vaughn, Brogdon, and Terry worked and how those minutes are distributed. And, yeah, we will probably talk about those going forward throughout this preseason, but ultimately we do have to remember that we probably don't, really know all that much about what the regular season rotation looks like based on the preseason uh, rotations because they're, they're very different. Yeah, and it's and it's really tough to draw, you know, eye test conclusions from from the preseason lineups. I mean, I I think I'll I'll be watching for do the starters do the starting combinations that the Bucks use over the next few weeks look like they mm-hmm. work. Um, but anything beyond that, the I think the lineups are going to be such a mishmash, and the sample sizes are going to be so small. I think it's going to be pretty hard to to draw much in the way of conclusions. Um, I am curious. You mentioned three pointers and Chris Copeland. I am curious to see. We've heard kind of mentioned from Jason Kidd, oh, we're going to definitely going to shoot more threes this year, which you know was kind of like, well, I mean, you can't shoot fewer threes <laughs> this year, considering how few they took last year. Um, I mean, just some just for reference, you know, last year, 15.6 three-pointers attempted per game. Uh, looked in the preseason stats from a year ago, they averaged uh, just over 20 three-pointers a game, shot 32%. Obviously, that's, that's poor. Um, <laughs> and they gave up almost, they gave up, let's see, they gave up 29 <laughs> three-point attempts per, per game in the preseason a year, a year ago. So, Seems like you'd say when the Bucks play in the preseason, every team shoots a lot more threes, and so we'll we'll, we'll be we'll we'll be interesting to watch. I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, just from a a habits perspective, you know, what what is the inclination of guys like Jabari, Giannis, you know, Brogdon, Vaughn, when they get catch the ball and they have you know any type of rhythm for a catch and shoot, are they going to just shoot it? Or is their inclination going to be not to shoot it? We know guys like Jet Toledovich. I think you know Easily. those guys are going to they're going to jack right. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think all these other guys. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Or is it going to be another situation where you know Jabari and Giannis hit a couple threes and in or open scrimmage, and then we delude ourselves for the next uh, month thinking that's going to carry over to uh, to the regular season. Um, any, anything else that you're kind of really curious for? I think in terms of. You know, talking points for the game in Chicago as we turn our attention to that. Certainly, the starting lineup will be interesting. I would, you know, I think we'd both assume that Kid will at least have the patience to to try out the lineup that he called out on media day with with Vaughn and Plumley, yeah. presumably. Um, not that not that that we'll see that throughout the preseason. It seems like he's he plans to to look at different things uh, in the starting group, but um, I think that will be obviously worth watching. I think certainly, you know, Jabari and Giannis is. <clears throat> ball dominance and and how they look to kind of if they can if they look like they're ready to take over games uh, again preseason and it's you know the lineups are going to be all over the place but that'll be interesting to watch and then just um what kind of three-point numbers is, is this team going to show that it is is indeed inclined to to run and push the tempo as we described on on friday are they going to shoot threes or is it going to be kind of same old same old you know throw the ball to greg monroe or whoever 
20 feet from the basket and start running corner series again. Um, I think that'll I'm be interesting. I'm very interested in what the offense looks like uh, because we've heard a lot about changes and how they're going to try to do new things and how there's going to be more pick and rolls. And I'll be curious to see if there are new things in, in that kind of uh, in that kind of idea. Just because last year their pick and roll, I mean, we we've talked about how the Giannis pick and rolls were in the middle of the court and normally Plumlee coming up the lane, and then uh, Middleton pick and rolls were side pick and rolls in tight areas. So, are we going to see? some Monroe middle-of-the-floor pick-and-rolls? Are we going to see Plumlee used inside pick-and-rolls? Is Jabari going to take some of those side pick-and-rolls that Middleton had? Um, is Giannis going to have some more of them? Uh, is Delhi going to be involved in those at all? Or is he just going to be off-ball? So uh, how the Bucks get into stuff, and again, they may not show their hand at all during the preseason, um, but you would think that to get a little bit of continuity going for the season that we will see some of the things that they actually want to do um, do during the regular season. So I'll be, I'll be watching for that. It, it was interesting to hear Mirza Toledovic say that uh, I think Mirza and Jet have been because they played with kid previously in Brooklyn that they were kind of, they knew the offense and they were, you know, trying to help the young guys know where to be and, and what to do and things like that. So certainly that would suggest that, you know, the, the fundamental principles of the offense have not changed that made dramatically. You feel less comfortable about the offense this season, right? Yeah, that, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't maybe encouraging. Um, yeah, like I, I saw Charles <laughs> but, do that and I was like, Ooh, I kind of want to say something snarky here, but I can't think of a good enough line. Uh, but it was—it was just like, okay, like that's great that they can help out the young guys, and I mean that's always a good thing to hear that the vets can actually kind of help with teaching. But shouldn't they be learning something new too? <laughs> if the offense is actually changing, they should have things to learn. Uh, so that was that was kind of uh, scary to me. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it, it um, and this kind of gets a little bit into how, you know, philosophy versus play calling or scheme, you know, there, there's kind of like different aspects, obviously, to this. Uh, you know, I, I, I would be, la- you know, if you told me that the Bucks were going to run more pick and roll, which, you know, you can run pick and roll in any offense, right? Yeah. It's not like that's some special you need some special philosophy to run pick and roll um but running more pick and roll because Giannis because it plays to Giannis and Plumlee's strengths for instance well that makes sense right and you can do that without scrapping your offensive scheme and you know you can do that without dramatically changing kind of your your structure of your offense uh trying to run off misses is something you don't need to change your offensive scheme to do right I mean these are kind of I don't want to say subtler things because they're pretty big picture things to do, but um, but it'll be interesting to see. My my guess is that that if we do see changes, it'll be sort of more um, tweaks in those regards of just sort of the mentality of trying to run and push the ball. And you know, again, hopefully, you know, I think one of the things we thought was a strength of Jason Kidd's was his malleability and and ability to adapt to personnel, and certainly. Um, 
based on what we saw last year and just, you know, the offense not really finding its legs until till after the All-Star break with Giannis, you would hope that they'll continue to do some of the things that they did after the All-Star break, which obviously was pushing the ball as much as possible and, and you know, I think trying to exploit Plumlee's role abilities, um, kind of make the game more Giannis-centric, which does not involve, you know, the point guard throwing the ball to to the elbow right away and then setting back screens, right? Which is what they tried to do more with, with MCW, which, you know, with MCW yeah. could make sense. Cause I don't think MCW is uh, a, a very gifted pick and roll type guy, but anyway, we'll be interesting to see. Um, we will try to temper our hot takes, uh, and we urge you to temper yours as well and be patient. Let's see how this goes. Um, hopefully we'll see at least some good signs from, from the Giannis's and Jabari's tomorrow, and uh, and then we'll we'll I'm sure uh, discuss them and and be back on Tuesday with uh, with hopefully some some interesting conversation about what we saw in Chicago and hopefully we'll we'll be able to talk about how hilariously uh, inept the Bulls no shooter <laughs> offense looks. Uh, I was looking at their their projected starters are Rondo Wade Butler. Taj Gibson and Lopez. Oh. And it's kind of interesting because because like all of those guys individually, you can, you know, you can talk me into with maybe the exception of Rondo. You know, obviously Butler's great. Wade is still actually pretty good, you know. Uh, you wouldn't want to have him on a long term deal. Uh, I like Rolo. Same. I would be happy to have Rolo Same. on my team. Taj Gibson, I like Taj Gibson, maybe he's a third big. Um, but Putting them all together, and I mean, who? I mean, if you thought last year's Bucks didn't shoot threes, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's just a weird. I, I, Wade's talked about having the green light or whatever, but um, I mean, you can't tell me he wouldn't have been allowed to shoot threes in Miami Correct. if he wanted to. So we'll be we'll be interesting to see. There there will be some interesting subplots in Chicago and Milwaukee this year. So. Uh, they start tomorrow night in Chicago, and um, look forward to look forward to getting back to you twenty four hours from now, Eric. We'll see how Sounds good go. to me. I look forward to it. All right, guys. Well, we'll leave it there. Leave us comments uh, on brewhoop dot com. Tweet at us at brewhoop and at Eric underscore name. Appreciate the subscriptions on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes. We'll we'll, uh, we'll read some some more iTunes reviews. Uh, those are great. Really appreciate everyone's support there. We'll do a, do a read again at some point this week when we get some more. So in any case, hope you enjoyed the Sunday scrimmage. Hope you enjoy the Monday night game. It is on NBA TV, so there is no excuse not to see it unless you have one of those cable packages that isn't <laughs> NBA TV. Call your, lo- call, call your local cable operator. That's all I can say. Uh, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. And in the meantime, enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you soon.